In Mark 1.25, Jesus set a man free, saying, Hold thy peace. He shut the spirit up by the power of the word. He came out of him. A leper came to him, asking of him, If you will, I can be clean. Jesus said, I will put forth his hand. Touched him and he was made clean. Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth, step right up and tell us so the people will know. The call goes out in this same hour. Who will go forth with his word and power? Who shall his generation declare? Jesus is the Son of God. In the house Jesus was preaching the word, the place was full. Four brought a sick one, but couldn't get in except through the roof. They let down the bed wherein the sick lay While the preachers made a fuss to Jesus that day But he said to the man, arise and walk And thy sins are forgiven of thee Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth Step right up and tell it so the people will know And here, on the 15th of December, 2022, I am declaring I know something good about not the Jesus that was, but the Jesus that is and forever will be. I've had challenges in the last many days because I've been tempted to preach or teach or share what I know. But I have been pulling back my own bridle because when the concept began to manifest about having a radio program, the whole presentation to my picture from the Holy Fire was fresh, hot off the press, new stuff. Well, this past few days, I'm going, uh, I don't have anything fresh. Uh, all I have is stuff that you've shown me, revelation, insight. And I was so tempted to share some of that with you. And then I realized all that I was being tempted with and by whom these thoughts were being fiery darts into my mind because the scripture that I trust in says in that hour holy fire will lead you what to say and so it is my brother and my sister that I have a fresh fire in my bones which are coming alive, it's okay for me to share what I feel because I feel the Holy Ghost. 
I feel the power of this presence. Now, confessing our faults one to another, I share with you that which hindered me. You see, I, I went to Bible cemetery, excuse me, seminary, and uh, I was exposed to the fact that I can be taught how to be a Weezer. You ever heard the term Weezer? Well, here's an example. If I were to become an accomplished Weezer, I would have to have some kind of cloth, normally linen, in my hand to wipe the saliva from my mouth because I would be going, and I know that this is that style of delivery is called wheezing and it can be learned, educated, and edified, and brought forth. And you have to practice to pay attention to hear what they're saying over their histrionics and their dramatic delivery. And uh, if you're one of those that deliver the message of the gospel in such a fashion, I'm not here in any way, shape, or form to come against how God has led you because there's an audience for you. And there are people for you to reach that are not mine to reach. However, may I suggest for your consideration, you put aside the flesh and find the real purpose in preparing a place that's inside your heart. You know, the kingdom of God is in your heart. That's what Jesus said. So if you'll prepare a place for his presence and allow his purpose for your purpose in bringing the unity to the body of Christ, Paul saying, I became all things. He said, if I drink or eat this and it offends somebody, I'll lay it aside. But he didn't preach against the eating of this or the drinking of that. He simply said not to do it in front of anyone who might be offended by it. So, likewise, my brother, my sister, yes, oh yeah, there are sisters who preach just like that. You know, uh, I love all of you. I love what you have allowed the Lord to do in your life. I love the deposits that you have allowed Him to put deep down inside of you in that secret place, wherein your purpose gets ignited to be His hands, His feet. Well, I do have good news today. For uh, quite a while, I've been being made aware of the fresh observation. Some people call it revival. Some people call it fire. Some people call it renewal. Uh, 
but a presence of God moving through his people that is recognizable. The other day I was in a laundromat. I was there listening to the Lord. Lord, is there anyone here that you want to impact through me? And I was busy doing my thing. Uh, when it came time to go to the dryer, I happened to go to a dryer, and I overheard two ladies talking. And uh, the one lady was, well, excuse me, they were both gossiping. And they began to gossip about this lady and uh, they just couldn't understand it. Why this lady's boy never went to prison. This lady's boy never was addicted to things that drew him into despair and disaster and disease. And uh, the older of the two ladies was saying, I just don't know how she does it. And the other one's going, well, you know, God picks out some and others. And that's when the Holy Ghost just pushed in my belly. And I said, are you saying God's a liar? And they both looked at me. And I said, according to the scripture, what he's done for one, he'll do for another. He's a fair God. And obviously neither one of you have read Deuteronomy chapter 28 recently enough to be familiar with it and they both stood still and looked at me and I said the first 11 chap uh, verses share if you do this then these good things will come upon you if you don't do this the next 40 something verses describe the things that come upon you from the world one of those things is that your children will go into captivity and you'll see them with your eye but you don't get to enjoy them. Other people will come in and capture them and their life will not be filled with the New Testament. Their life will be filled with woe. So it's not that God was sitting up there one day and said, uh, me need to let me go, I'll pick out Joe. What kind of God do you serve? That's not the God that the Bible talks about. He said, it's for everyone to receive. Be it Jew or Gentile, male or female, young or old, your Heavenly Father wants you to know Him. Well, that's what's going on today. In the state that I am delivering this message to, I'm focused in Northeast Ohio, America. And God has chosen this community, this area, to be a center of a ignition of holy fire that will spread. However, there's not one area in America that he won't bring holy fire 
if the conditions are met. You see, the conditions have been met here. It's not that he willy nimbly Abalashayaka happened to choose this area as a place for him to ignite a much larger fire. It's that this area met the conditions. That's all. They were preached to over the hundreds of years. They had, the, the, the preachers had intercessors that would go into the city ahead of them and get a room and pray. And the, and the preacher would say, do I come? And the intercessor would say, no, not yet. Well, how do you know I ought not come? Well, nobody's fallen down on the sidewalk outside my hotel yet. So it's not time for you to come. So they'd continue to intercede and pray. And then came the communication. Okay, people walk into the hotel where I am and they fall down in the lobby under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. It's time for you to come. And, you know, he'd come and, of course, all the people that look on the outside would say, Oh, the holy man of God is here, and oh, God's moving through him. Well, that was true. It wasn't the whole truth, but it was true. And so, just in the natural knowledge of man, that evangelist got lifted up and given credit and written in books. And likewise, you know, in our gatherings today, when uh, we begin to see the movement of God, we give credit to uh, things we see. But throughout history, the movement of God has always been after things you don't see. When you study when you study, when you're led by the holy fire, he will guide you to show you that it was those who saw the invisible that thereafter they saw the eternal weight of glory and God lifted them up and their face shone. Remember Moses? Remember how the, his face shone so much? The people were afraid. Well, that's because, according to Hebrews, Moses saw the invisible. Abraham saw where he was called. Not the geographic XY street map of where he was called, but he saw the invisible. He saw into the eternal hope of glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus says the kingdom of God is where? Show me. Point it out to me. Give me a road map. Where is the kingdom of God? In you. It's in that place that I'm talking about where you prepare for his presence to clarify your purpose to fulfill his purpose that you and he agreed upon 
while you were in his heart. Well, what's, what's all of this got to do with December 2022? Well, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and he gave gifts. God, the Father, gave gifts. So we, giving gifts, or just being like our Father, I think that's wonderful. Giving gifts. That's what my Heavenly Father does. And that's what we do. We give gifts. Okay. Now let's pull back the curtain. What gifts do we give? Do we give the kind of gift that God says for us to lay on the altar and go reconcile with our brother and then come back and offer those gifts? Do you give the gift of eternal life? Because Cornelius, you know, was sent an angel. Why couldn't the angel tell him how to get saved? Because that's not God's plan. So, being obedient to the angel, Cornelius sent for Peter. And Peter, being prepared by God on the rooftop instead of eating lunch, was able to receive the purpose of those three men knocking at the front gate. God had already prepared Ananias to receive the communication to go talk to this man named Saul who killed Christians, restore his sight, get him baptized in water with the Spirit. You see, there's people already prepared. That's how God does things. He prepares things ahead of time. That's why you're being called to prepare for Him to come into your life. Because you're giving gifts at the pagan Christmas tree. And you can't remember what you gave the same person last year, let alone them. Unless it's a small child because they played with the box the gift came in for days and days and days afterwards. What about the gift of tongues? Have you laid hands on everybody at the... Thanksgiving turkey banquet dinner? Did you walk around that table under the anointing of his presence laying hands on each and every one of the tables said receive ye the Holy Ghost? Or did you walk around laying hands on a sick and say be healed? Or after the Thanksgiving big meal be it turkey, ham, roast beef or pork loin or whatever it is Did you help grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, and being a nice, kind person, you went to get them their rollator, their walker, their cane? Or did you lay hands on them and say, Be healed! I know I'm tipping over another sacred cow. I'm not sorry. I came to tell you the heart of the Father. I came to deliver a fresh message. 
God the Father is pulling back the curtain and telling his children, oh, that's a big one. Wait a minute. Let me back up. What do you mean his children? Aren't we all the children of God? That's what his heart is for us to be. But we are required to believe in our heart and speak with our mouth, yes, I'm willing to go back to the innocence of being a baby, the innocence of being a believer, a child that looks up at the adult and simply believes what they say. Until the adult lies to him so often, the young child grows callous in his ears and can't hear the truth because the adult either lies in his lifestyle or outright bodaciously lies about how a man in a red suit flies around the entire world in one night pulled by mystical, mythical, mysterious animals who have this ability to fly and in one bag has children for the billion people who get gifts if they're nice. My Heavenly Father doesn't give gifts to only the nice. He gave His best gift, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the world. He didn't say only for In fact, he was pretty clear to the Pharisees, you know, the healed people don't need a doctor. If you religiously think you're righteous, then you're not receiving the one who sent me, let alone me. My brother and my sister, I know this is a hard, hard saying. But, when you prepare a place in yourself to practice His presence, I, I, I bear witness that people look at me and their eyeballs twinkle with light. They like this message because it's right. It's holy. You know, like the creature by the throne and that's the only word they got holy, holy, holy like that it's fresh it's a revelation of the Father's heart he's not doing anything new but he is opening up access to his very presence in everyone's life who will call upon him They may not be speaking your same words. They may not be familiar with your lingo. They may look like somebody that you wouldn't want to fellowship with. But God the Father is moving in every person's life now in a way he never has. I was in a restaurant last night. And God allowed me to hear conversations in all the different 
seating areas around me. And uh, there came into the restaurant a person who obviously is socially unacceptable and uh, manifesting unacceptable social protocol along with her son who when they sat down in a booth said in a loud voice things I don't want to repeat directed at his own mother just a few short days ago back in the 60s and 70s the entire restaurant would have gotten up and walked over and said son you don't talk like that to your mother. But now that's sociably unacceptable. Because the demon that operated through his mom and operating through this 10-year-old boy has been given total freedom by governmental decree to be and to present and to negatively dampen the other believing that were there. My brother and my sister, those who are seeking light, it's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and the glory is going to shine through their face and the world, the entire earth will know they that shiny-faced person over there, they got the real deal. For those that are turning their ears away and running away, it's going to get darker and darker. Do I have proof of that? Yeah, come and walk with me. Yeah, yesterday morning I, uh, I went to go to my vehicle, which is the Lord's vehicle, and um, I'm looking for somebody to give it to. It's a perfect gift to me. It's uh, exactly what I need last month, this month, and probably the next few days. But every morning I get into it, I give God the glory. I thank Him for it. Not that He gave it to me, but that I can count Him faithful to point out to me whom I can give it to. And... I'm taking better care of it now than because I'm not taking care of it for me. I'm taking care of it for the person that I'm looking for to give it to. My desire is to apply the scripture that says I need to give what I need. So I'm looking for people who can re receive my hug without being offended. I ask God, you know, what about that person? And uh, within a moment, you know, they pull out their mask that is totally ineffective for what they think it's for because the little cloth mask is not an M95. It won't stop the airborne spreading of... But they wear it, you know, for all kinds of reasons, none of which I find in Scripture. So I'm going, no, it, if they are so minded that they wear a, a cloth mask to look good or believe a lie that it really protects them, uh, 
they, they don't qualify for a hug. They disqualify themselves by putting up a distance, by putting up a fence. I don't want what you have. So let me manifest a, a barrier. My brother and sister, we were created to be in the loving arms of our Father. We were brought into this world to be held by the Mother and nurtured and loved. We are human beings, not human doings. And in our being, a part of that being is receiving. And I'm going to diverse just for a moment here that the real key to prosperity <laughs> is not in earning it. It's not getting God, Holy Spirit to give you a secret. He does, but that's not the key to prosperity. The real core key to prosperity is in receiving. What? How many people you know, they're real good at giving. They're real good at passing stuff out. But you go to give them something and they just give you the stiff arm. They give you the shaking hand or the nodding head. They can't receive. Well, that means they don't have prosperity. I'm talking about, it. the scripture says, I am. The I am who sent Moses... Give seed to the sower. So where did your seed come from? Did you earn it? Or did you get seed he gave you? Hello? Well, I'm supposed to work. Yes, you are. You, it takes work to receive. Jesus said, your work is to believe on him who sent me. What other... Chapters and verses do you have about work? Well, that's how I prove my faith. Oh, really? Are you sure you're not proving the checklist that some organization gave you to put a check mark in? Or are you doing it motivated by love? You see, it's one thing to speak what is true, even truth. But if it's not spoken in love, how does that tie into December? Well, same way with gifts. You know, if you were to put a check mark in a box and say, Oh, I got a new revelation. I'm going to give gifts this big Thanksgiving meal I'm going to go to on the 25th. And you walk around. And you lay hands on everybody and say, Be healed! Be healed! Be healed! But you're not doing it in love. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to love Uncle Mortimer? Well, in your prayer closet, where you're preparing a place for the kingdom of God to manifest, and the holy fire comes in, try looking at Uncle Mortimer more to more, more through the eyes of love, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, through the eyes of Jesus on the cross, looking at Uncle 
What did he give up for uncle? What have you given up for uncle? Uh-oh. No, I've really gone and done it. Well, I only see Aunt Sally once a year. Hello, 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 hello. Listen to your own words. If that came out of your mouth, you know, out of the heart, out of the abundance, the overflow of your heart, your mouth is speaking. Why do you only see Aunt Sally one, one time a year? You, can't, you don't see her in your prayer closet? What kind of gifts are you given? To be seen of men? Are you like the religious Pharisees who had phylactites where they took the scripture and wrote them down in a little box and sewed them to their garment and walked down the street so people could see that they had the scripture, that they were a man of scripture and that they were righteous and holy? And I mean, why do you give a gift? What's in it for you? Actually, what's in it for the other person? Because you don't know what they like anyway. Oh, I'm going to buy so-and-so a devotional. Really? You don't even know what Bible they read. Do they read King James, New King James, Authorized King James, the Passion Bible, the New International Bible, the International Version, the Easy Living? What version do they read? Do you even know that when you buy a devotional form? Do you know that person well enough to give them even a natural gift that they appreciate. Come on. Come on. I'm not speaking this to push you aside. I'm speaking this so that you can draw close to your father's heart and give real gifts. What real gifts has he given us? What real fruits are in the basket? Oh, I'm going to buy some grapes, and, and uh, I'm going to uh, have a little display like here, you know, the, where that, corn, that, that horn of plenty pours out, and it looks so nice with all the different fruit. It, it's really pretty, and everybody enjoys that. Oh, yeah? How much of that is organic? How much of that is seedless? Oh, I buy seedless watermelon. You think that came from God? God never made a seedless watermelon. Who did? God never made seedless grapes. Who did? The people who grew grapes for wine because it shortened the filtration process. It's hard to go to the store and find watermelon with seeds today. But God said that every tree, seed, yield, fruit. And he saw it was good. What do you think he says about the GMO seedless stuff? Well, yeah, but that costs too much. Okay. I'm willing to go there. Let's pull out your bank statement and see where you tithe. And then let's pull out the same statement and look for your storehouse. I understand you're to tithe, but Anakai talks about the storehouse. 
Whose storehouse? What storehouse? Your savings account. Do you have one? Do you add to it? Small wonder you can't afford to buy organic grapes rather than seedless grapes. Because man wants you to have man-engineered, unnatural to your body, and your body can't digest it. But, but, Stephen, you don't understand. I, I have so many people to buy for. Who says? Who told you? But, 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 yeah, I, I hear your but. In fact, I hear that's what's, oh, never mind. I, I can't go there. I love you, my brother and my sister. I'm not preaching against anything. Remember my words. Giving gifts is great. But I call before you a holy fire filtered gift concept and lifestyle. What are you giving as a gift throughout the year? Why is it just one time? And I'm not going to even touch the wrapping concept of a surprise. When gold, frankincense, and myrrh was presented from kings to a king, the baby in swaddling clothes at two years old, no, wait, that can't be right. Swaddling clothes are for a young thing. But in Matthew... He was in a house. The, the, the Magi didn't come to a stable or a man, man, manger. They came to a house. It's in Matthew. And they came into the H-O-U-S-E. That's not stable. That's not manger. It's not swaddling clothes. So please... When you drive down a street and such and such a denomination is standing there waving you in, come see a living representation. And it shows the wise men staring down at a baby in a manger. If they'll lie to you about that, they'll lie to you about anything. The idea is just get you to come on in and feel better about yourself and then come back next week and feel better about yourself. Don't change, you know. Don't make a lifestyle about face to where you look at the throne rather than look at your own future. Just come back next week and bring a friend. <laughs> so that, on the day of the Lord, we got to present the salvation message again. And again. And again. And again. How long can you go without growing calloused? If you're obedient and follow the message, you get saved the first time or ten you go there. But now, after ten years, do you even hear what he's saying? Or are you internally looking at your watch to see if you can beat the 
other denomination to the cafeteria and still get home in time for the football game. Why go? Why go there? Why not just stay home, be comfortable, order in your chicken, and then watch the game? I mean, if you're going to ignore God, do it at home where you're comfortable. Have enough strength to be man enough to say, I'm not interested in hearing you, God, and I'm too lazy to seek you out. I'll just go to where I've always gone and hear the same thing and look good so that my business does better because all my congregation knows I do such and such a business. Men, hello, be a man. Quit letting your wife lead your spiritual life. Nahor. Uh-oh. There I go again. Read about King David and his two wives when the enemy came. Now, first of all, the enemy was the enemy because after all that God did for Lot, he ended up having sex with each of his two daughters. And they created an entire nation of people who fight to this day against God's people. One man did that. Why was he drunk and in a cave and having sex with each of his daughters? Because his wife looked back and is no more to him. And yet, this time of year, do we look forward from the cross to the glory he's changing us into? Or do we look back at when he was a baby? Do we go back when it was cute and cuddly? Or do we start at the most horrifying, horrific death any human could experience on the cross, bleeding from his head, bleeding from his back, and move forward into resurrection lifestyle? What are we celebrating? Oh, well, you know, God, God sent us his son. What are you doing about it? Who cares he sent his son? You're not applying that to your life? Oh, well, yes, I am. I I go to church. So do demons. So does the devil. He helps so many people go to church every week because that's all they do. They quote, this is a quotation mark, I'm doing an air quote here by the microphone. They quote, serve God, end quote, by listening to some dried up old three week old bread message that was calculated by man's knowledge. How do I know this? I've been there. I attended a church that I I was thinking that Christians went to a Christian church. I didn't know any better, so I went to a Christian church. I thought that's where I was supposed to go because somebody told me I was a Christian. And by the way, the Bible mentions the word Christian three times. 
the word servant 927 times. I, Paul, a servant of the Most High, called according to his purpose, Servant, when you go to celebrate a big meal with your kinfolk once a year in a few days, are you going as a servant who delivers eternal life, hope, healing, and wholeness? Willing to approach the gospel's power of his presence so that you can enjoy the persecution because you know they're going to talk about you. Do you count it all joy? You know, I think everyone in America understands what a football fan is. is someone who buys and they spend their tithe money on something they're not a part of. Oh, you know, uh, my Cleveland Browns. Hold it. Wait a second. Are you the owner of the Cleveland Browns? What, what, what? No. But you got their t-shirt, you got their lunch pail, you got your beer cooler, it all, and, and your hoodie, and it all says Cleveland Browns. Why are you spending money promoting them? Well, well, they're my team. I just asked you. Do you own them? No. Of course, now that's kind of natural because a lot of people say, Oh, I belong to... The first church down on the corner of Main Street and Elm. I say, you got a key? Well, no. Then how can you say it's your church? If you don't have a key, it's not your church. Hmm. Well, only those that serve there have keys. Exactly my point. <laughs> You're known by where you serve. Brother and sister, <clears throat> again, I'm simply sharing with you that if you're too busy to spend time with the Father, if you're too busy to come into His table at His feast, He will send out servants to bring in people who are not worthy, who had no idea there is a feast. And he'll bring them in and put a clean white linen robe on them and they'll come in and eat the feast that was created for you. They're eating your feast. And they're eating organic grapes. <laughs> the best. The high cost. Not the cheap pork and other parts of animals baloney. Or Bologna, I'm sorry. You know, they make nice, pure, uncontaminated beef Bologna. Yeah, it costs more. But now we're right back to the fact that in my father's house are many mansions. It doesn't say log cabins. And these people who say, I just hope for some day to have a log cabin in heaven. I, I've never read about one. How do you know there is a log cabin in heaven? Well, you know, I just want what I'm, you know. 
Yeah, I do know. You were in the heart of the father before you went in your mother's womb, and you were a prince or princess before you came out, and ever since then the God of this world has tried to steal, kill, and destroy your self-confidence and knowledge about yourself, and the knowledge, the scripture says, the knowledge of God shall fill the earth. The day is coming when you have to walk with the shining face because you have been looking at the invisible or you'll lower your head and look across the street and continue down with your stooped shoulders. That day is here. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of moving from glory to glory. This is the day that our Father's purpose is for you to awake and find out you were born a prince or a princess in God's manifested glory which has been being stolen from you since the first time the doctor held you up and slapped you on the uh, a portion of your body. Did you know you didn't need to get slapped when you came into this world? Well, how do you know that? I delivered my children at home. They don't need to get beat up to get their first breath or to knock the phlegm out of their throat. The Holy Spirit's been delivering babies for how many years? How many hundreds? How many thousands? Do you think Eve held up the baby by the heels and spanked it? This is a lot easier than you think, my brother and my sister. It's to receive. Receive what God has given you so that you have seed to sow. And I'm glad to report to let you know, you, my friend, you, my brother and my sister, are unable to outgive God. I've never met one person who put their thumbs in their armpit proud. I've given more than God has given me. Never met him. <laughs> well, good for me, Stephen. I'm beginning to add some emotion to my dry and serious delivery. I'm happy. I'm happy that my God has begun to loose the manifestation of joy when I'm persecuted. Yeah, I, I have opportunities to uh, perhaps not be well received. Well, just yesterday, I, I started to share this a moment ago. I went out to my car, and I heard a man, and I heard a loud voice, and I heard the anger, and I'm going, what, what? What is that? So I walked through the parking lot and went around the dumpster, and there's a man sitting in a chair, almost screaming at the top of his lungs, to no one. He was just regurgitating words. So I went up to him in love and said, Sir, you don't need to be doing that. And he looked away and kept on going. 
I said, sir, there's peace available. You don't need to let that voice speak through you that way. You can have a good time right here, right now. And he got louder and looked the other way. I said, sir, look on me. And he looked up at me and he looked into my eyes. And instantly the man jumped up and ran down the street. Now, I used to feel negative about that because I used to listen to the adversary who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But my response yesterday morning was to pray. Not for me, but for his deliverance. Uh, some time ago I shared about the panhandlers and my question to them about how I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging for bread. Uh, are you interested in becoming righteous? And uh, I had someone share with me, Oh, amen, that's good, ministering to the needy. And the Holy Spirit shared with me, No, no, no. We are the needy, not them. They have what they want. They have independence. They don't have to follow any rules. They don't have to pay any price. They don't have to submit themselves to authority. They don't have to conform to what is generally accepted as protocol, policy, or what have you. They've got everything that they expect, which may be nothing, but they've got it all. We, you, brother and sister, and I, we're the needy. When we are confronted like that, we need to look inside ourselves to see if what we're saying is in love, and if what we're saying is the action, such like Peter saying, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You see, the man was sitting where? Where was that man? Was he out by the garbage pile? Was he out in the street? Or was he on the steps of the gathering place? And was he at the portion of the gathering place that anybody could come and go? Or was he in the sacred gateway of the most holy of holies where only the priests go? No, they wouldn't give him anything. They're on the road to, you know, remember the road of the Samaritan? Where the priests walked by and just looked? And the, Another righteous man walked by and he just looked. But it was the Samaritan that ministered of what he had to the wounded one. So the people begging for change, you know, they know where to go. They learn. Don't go here, you won't get anything. Don't go to that gate where all the righteous priests go. You'll never get anything. Go over to where the people are. You know, the four people that brought the man who was lame and they let him down through the roof and the man got healed because he saw their faith? That man didn't even have faith to get healed. Jesus, it says, he saw their faith. And that's what he's calling us to, brother and sister, for us to come in unity and be one. I need you. 
And kind of sorry to say this, you need me. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. We need one another. We fit. We're all part. An eye, a finger, a toe, a liver, a lung. We need each other. We're one body. To come into the glory of God. To fulfill His purpose. Not just the purpose of Jesus. The purpose of the Father in allowing Jesus to come in the first place. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord God. So, my announcement today is that the fire has already begun to burn. The, the revival, renewal, refreshing, the resurrection, the restoration, whatever word that you want to apply, I'm telling you, it's already begun. It's already ignited. It's already burning. And I'll give you a, a, a visual on if you can't see it, if you can't sense it, if you can't feel it, I'll tell you how sometimes it works. Down in Florida, the base for the state is lime rock. It's hard, it's compacted. On top of that is what they call an aquifer. It's an underground river. And on top of that, you know, um, because of it being subtropical, um, there's a lot of greenery that grows, palm fronds off the palm trees and so forth. And they're only seasonal. You know, like you and I, we're, our life is seasonal on earth. I, how many people live to be 500 years old today? Mm, how about 300? Okay, okay, how many live to be 100? <laughs> well, our life is seasonal and our body decays. Not our spirit, which has a soul that lives in a body. So down in Florida, they have a thing called peat, P-E-A-T. And peat is the decaying greenery from the trees and the grass and so forth, mixed with topsoil. And it's a very rich mulch. And down there, it's in layers on top of the other layered things. So in Florida... You can have one person uh, burning some trees or something. And if the topsoil is kind of thin because that developer used these tremendous tractors to push away the topsoil and not pay attention, they actually push the topsoil away and expose these layers of peat. And when they're burning their logs, they can actually catch that layer of peat on fire. It's like what happens to the uh, people who raise horses and they take the manure and the hay out and all of a sudden the pile of catches on fire or chickens the same way or what have you. Well that down there in Florida that layer of peat can begin to smolder and actually burn underground and travel underground and several miles away X amount of time later 
where it grows real thin on the topsoil again, all of a sudden it blazes up and someone says, oh, a fire started out of nowhere. No, it didn't. It was the result of a process of disobedience, but nonetheless, it's the result of a process. And likewise, the Holy Ghost resurgence of the Father's heart here where we are is the result of a process. What process? The process of preparing for his presence in your heart. Where the kingdom of God is, there are those who sit home and pray. They overcome the temptation to jump in their car and run down to the dollar and a quarter tree store. Or dollar fifty tree store. They sit still and know God, and they pray. That they have prepared themselves, and in so doing now, loosed the movement of God in their life and in the lives of others. And my brother and my sister, this month, the opportunity is in front of you. Do you go to the store to buy a gallon of milk or you go to the store to see whom you can give a gift of eternal salvation or a gift of healing or the gift of wisdom or the gift of the word of knowledge or the gift of prophecy what kind of gift giving errand are you running or are you so busy thinking about the result you just park it, lock it, run in, get your milk, run out the whole time wondering why you're running late and can't get enough done and why people won't help you. Get back in, and crank it and go. Because you're harassed by these voices that put these demands upon you. More than what you can accomplish. So being in a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, you say, oh God, help me get all these presents wrapped. <sighs> well, I believe I have... Uh, presented an opportunity for you to consider that which might be a priority of your purpose. Now, I know that you are a teacher of teachers. I know that you're called of God. Otherwise, you couldn't have been sitting here listening to this for the last few moments. I understand that. So, my brother and my sister, I'm not in any way diminishing where you've been or where you're at. I am announcing the good news that the revelation of the Father's presence and power is here. It's already arrived. The fire is already ignited. And it's burning. And it's available where you, being led by your Holy Ghost, have prepared a place 
for his presence to prepare you for clarity on your purpose that he will fund excuse me he will find fund f-u-n-d and favor simply because it's of the father brothers and sisters let us declare in this generation that Jesus is alive and lives forevermore not in a book but in us the call goes out in this same hour who will go forth with his word and power who shall his generation declare Jesus is the son of synagogue again on the Sabbath day he said unto the man who had a withered hand stand forth and when he looked around with anger he grieved at the hard-hearted people at their unbelief but he said to the man stretch forth thine hand it became just as good as the other well if anybody here Step right up and tell it so the people will know The call goes out in this same hour Who will go forth with his word and power Who shall his generation declare Jesus is the Son of God Well, if anybody here knows anything good about Jesus of Nazareth Son of